To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Alrighty, here we are. Hello, everyone. And hello to my voice. And welcome back to... The Chase Ascendancy. The Chase Ascendancy, episode 63. Yes. Uh, Today, we're jumping right into it. And 63 is a weird number to like, but I like it. Why, why Why is that? Because three goes into six. It's like six is divisible by three. It just feels good mm. to my mathematic mind. Nice. Like a bubble bath. <laughs> like a numbers bubble bath. That's correct. Like murder to a Tuscan <laughs> Raider. Just feels like home. Feels like home, 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 home. Like sign language and campfire tales to a Tuscan Raider. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? Uh, today we're talking, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, obviously you can read the screen. But if you're listening via audio, hello. And we are talking about the st- our top 10 Star mm-hmm. Wars novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a Star Wars book reader, this is for you. You're excited. Woohoo. If you're not, you can start to have a good list of phenomenal books to read. Exactly. Um, and so... There's a reason that we started this. <laughs> we just, I don't even know how we came across the article, but it was like top 10 Star Wars books. And I was looking at their top 10 and I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I was like, I can make a better list than this. Right. Uh, yeah, basically, than this. it was one of those things where uh, I think what happened was apparently I'm a part not. of a, apparently not, uh, I'm a part of a, a few Star Wars book groups on Facebook. It's a good... Uh, it's a good way to get books that I've missed out on in the past or things like that. Mm. And it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> no, but uh, it's really cool because it's a good community and it's a way for... Just uh, stay in shape? If, exactly. If there's a book I need or let's say I have the... Um, okay, like for instance, when I got you the first edition Darth Bane novel, mm. being a part of those groups really helped me find that. And also, that it's down. a great way to farm asinine opinions that you didn't know people would, could possibly have. That is very, very accurate. That's what those are good for. Um, as is all Facebook. Uh, and so, anyways, uh, I Literally told Samuel. any public group I've ever been a part of, I was like, I regret this. Yeah. I regret it. I remember you were telling me that group the other day, and you are like, don't add me. <laughs> um, well, what a sad day for this microphone. Where is it right here? Yep. Um, but I remember uh, we were talking about it, and I was like, look at this list. And there were some that were like, okay, okay. And there were some that were like, how did this? And here's the thing. We love Star Wars books, but there are some of them that we love more than others. And there are some that we love less than others as well. (laughs) And there Um, are some that are simply not top 10 material. Right. So what we thought we would do is we would show you, uh, it turns out it's ScreenRant.com. It's their top 10. I don't know who's writing for that, but uh, it's not one of us. Uh, And so here's what we'll do. We'll go through their top 10. Yeah. And then we'll go and more we'll in depth into wrong. our top 10. Right. Okay. I'll tell you the ones that I agree with and the ones I don't agree with. Right. So we'll skip over here to the old interwebs. Sorry for the ads. 
Um, so there are a couple of good ones. And you know what? First of all, look how they, uh, I guess they tried to crop this to match the size of these books. And his mustache is doubled up. Can you see it? Isn't that funny? Okay, so... Uh, he's just got, like, he's really making a pouty face like this. <laughs> a double pouty face? Uh, okay, so this is written by George... Oh, my gosh. Is that even a real name? George Christostomau. Christostomau. That's a cool name. Well, Chrissy, <laughs> we disagree. Uh, this is published March 29, 2021, so You're it's You're still recent. waiting to turn into a butterfly. You're still a chrysalis, which means you have not yet come to uh, your final form. In Star Wars books, that is. Uh, so some of these, some of these that he has on the list. Love for the hilarious biology joke. I I thought it was silly. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> um, some of these we agree with. Some of them we don't. We haven't read. Some of them seem very interesting. It's so bright. And some of them um, we disagree with. And uh, what we decided was when we get to our top ten, it's got to be a book that we've both read. Mm-hmm. So there's some of them on this, um, some of them that are on this list that we have not both read. Okay, it says uh, aside from the movies and TV shows, there have also been several spectacular Star Wars books which expand the universe. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars universe lived on in the form of novels and comics for years before Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm meant that this expanded universe was wiped out. Brandon Legends after the Disney purchase and was replaced with a whole new host of canon stories. Okay. So we're just skipping all the rest of the stuff. Um, number 10 out of 10 is a book called rebel rising. It is a canon novel wrong. (laughs) It's a young adult novel. Um, and it is, uh, by miss Beth Revis and it takes a deep dive into the history of Jin Erso from her childhood with her family, her life growing up with extremist Saw Gerrera. It fleshes out the character and her relationship with a terrorist further and brilliantly finishes exactly where the movie picks up with the character. Um, this what reminds your... me of that. Um, it's a snippet from, I don't know the name of that podcast, but it's the two very New York guys. Uh-huh. And he's like talking about Tupperware. And he's like, say that again? He's like, Tupperware. He's like, slow, very slow. He goes, tub. And he goes, wrong. He kept saying Tupperware. I know I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the podcast. I forget the name of it. But um that's how I feel about this, like the very top of the list. It's already wrong. So all the Star Wars of all the Star Wars books out there, this is gonna be your top ten, your tenth favorite in all the possible Star Wars books. Yeah. Heck that's no. this is the issue I have, okay? Number one, I can't hate on this book too much because I haven't read it. Here's the thing, even if it's a good book. Is it in the top ten? It is not. There you go. It is not. That's where we're at. Um, okay, number nine. I agree with this being on the list. I don't agree with where it's at. Okay, correct. Darth Plagueis. Um, the Darth Plagueis novel is fantastic. We'll run down here to, uh, let's see what it says. Palpatine's story of Darth Plagueis the Wise is certainly an intriguing one, but audiences <laughs> never... <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were doing, but I didn't know you were going to draw so much attention to it. I wasn't trying to. I'm just trying to live a Christian life. Darth uh, Plagueis' story is certainly an intriguing one, but audiences never got to learn too much about the former Sith Lord. Indeed, James Lucino's novel begins with the death. Do you think it's Lucino or Lucino? Probably Lucino, but 
I that's doesn't have to be two C's to be a ch- I don't know like Gucci. Oh, maybe. So James Lucino's novel begins with the death of the Dark Force wielder at the hands of his apprentice Sidious. So that's a little bit of a spoiler. Sorry, guys. Well, here's the thing: is that it is a spoiler until you read the first chapter, and not even the first chapter. You read the prologue. That's true. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> I think that this is one of the greatest Star Wars novels of all time. Yeah, it's way up on that list. It should be higher. And um, you know what's More crazy and is better. What's crazy is that um, some of the gripes I've read about Plagueis is that it's too good, or Tarkin, or the Thrawn novels is that they say they're too detail oriented. But that's the reason for reading the, the books, book right. is because. I can't... Okay, if you're just well, a casual Star Wars fan... You're or talking even, about Tim Zahn and James Lucino here. Right. So. The thing is, if you're a casual or even below-the-surface Star Wars fan, meaning you're into deeper uh, Star Wars, <laughs> if you see Star Wars Rebels and you've never read a Thrawn, a Thrawn book, you're like, oh, wow, this is a cool character. This is somebody interesting. Uh, but if you've read the books, you're like, guys, you have no clue what he's capable of. You know what I mean? Because you've read the details of these stories. You've read the details of how Thrawn thinks. You've read the details of how he handles certain situations. And so if you're not reading a book, especially a character book, uh, that's that's really round and wrapped around um, a specific individual, I don't really know what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're more of a comic book person, which is great. I'm all there for the action. And some of the books on our list are filled with action. But we definitely have a bend toward uh, character development. Mm-hmm. And so Plagueis belongs on the list, but I think it should be higher. All right. Number eight. I, Jedi. See, look, it is, is doubled this, up. Is this the one with uh, Is this one with Will Smith? What? I can't. Oh, you made the. Uh, what was the joke you made? No, this was the. This is the one that I. <laughs> I am Legend. Is that the joke you're making? Or iRobot. Oh, iRobot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a book that I have not read, but I've heard fantastic things about. And in fact, um, some I do of you have guys. beef with the way Homie's holding his lightsaber, though. Yeah. I got beef with it. Well, um,. I've heard such good things, and Beef. I even I even went on Goodreads and even reached out to some people of friends of mine who have read this book, and uh, I've read such good things about it that some of you guys know we're from Houston. We had the freeze, and there was some water damage in my house and stuff, so a lot of my Star Wars stuff is boxed up. I went and dug this one out because mm-hmm. I'm so excited to read it. So this is number eight, I Jedi. I'm going to kind of keep breezing through here because we've got to get to our stuff. Okay, number seven on their list is Outbound Flight. Uh, this is a prequel to um, anything introducing Thrawn. It goes in-depth into the Outbound Flight project, which is actually the first time that Thrawn is introduced into the known galaxy uh, in the previous Star Wars timeline. And it's actually a very, 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 very good book. This would have been on our top ten, I feel like, had you have you... Had you have I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it yet. I just haven't. But it's really good. I believe you. It's got Thrawn. Yeah. It's not to I don't want to go too much into detail because you haven't seen it or read it, I mean. This book is a great book. Number six, they have Dark Disciple. And I love it. 
It's a great book. When it came out, it was probably my maybe my favorite canon book that had come out to that point because mm. it was one of the first canon it, yeah, books to come out under Disney. And and it did his whole service because it kind of rounded out some things that were left unsaid in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars series. A lot of people really love Asajj Ventress, and they feel badly for her, especially when you go into uh, some of her story in depth in Clone Wars where it kind of feels like she's dealt a really poor hand by life. Um, and Quinlan Voss is one of my all-time favorite characters. Yeah. And so they have a very, very cool story. And the uh, I remember, and I still feel like to this day, this is one of the great Star Wars audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Thompson really pulls out of the stops in his performance in this and one. And you know our list is objective because Quinlan Voss is one of my favorite characters, and this book didn't make the list. Right. But this is a great book. It is a great book. Definitely read it. The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, number five. Nothing really to say about this because we've done an in-depth review. It's a great book. It belongs on the list. Um, and five or higher is correct. Okay. I almost clicked on this link. Star Wars, the 10 most evil villains from across the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to that another day, I guess. All right. Number four, X-Wing Rogue Squadron. I've heard great things about it. I care as much about uh, (laughs) X-Wing stories as I care about playing X-Wing stories in Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2003. I'm going to get in that ship as a regular guy. I'm going to get into the hangar of the opposing vessel. And I'm going to hop out, and I'm going to watch the AI crash that ship right into the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would, I need to... I've heard that this is a great uh, franchise, but it's hard for me to be super excited about space battles. And I know that's contrary to a lot of Star Wars fans. Um, but uh, Terra Firma is where I prefer. <laughs> All right. If you're not a fan of Latin, firmer ground. There you go. Okay. This is where the list gets real asinine. And I'm going to try to keep my Stephen A. voice at bay. But are you serious? Uh, Okay. Number three on their list. I'm sorry. I started acting like you guys were all watching on YouTube. Um, All 18 of you every week. Uh, (laughs) Number three on their list is Aftermath Empire's End. All right, guys. Here's the thing, guys. I don't think anything needs to be said. We can just keep moving on. Um, the series is okay. It sets up a bunch of stuff that never comes to fruition. This, this, the, um, the clout, as the young kids say, <laughs> of this series went out the window when Snoke ended up being uh, Palpatine's fingernails in a vat. Ah, <laughs> um, it's the whole reason I'm reading it is because I'm excited about. Who is Snoke? Kudar are we gonna Mubat. are we gonna find out? Yeah, this yeah. Empires in wishes they had Kudar Mubat. <laughs> um, I was so excited because there was these cool. Um, it's just so fun to say Kudar Mubat. Kudar Mubat. Yeah, I'd like to apologize for our ramblings from last week's episode. If you're listening, thanks for sticking around, Francisco. That's fun to say. Um, Empires in was okay. Uh, it was just real, you know. There's a character named Sinjir Rathvelis that's just, he's supposed to be a... Which is, it, that's a chore to say. It's on uh, on a scale of... Have uh, you listened to these or read them? So, Mubat he's supposed to be... It's like a 10 on the fun to say scale. He's supposed to be yeah, like... It feels like I'm doing algebra homework. <laughs> he's supposed to be like an Imperial inter- interrogator turned rebel. Um and I don't care for I don't know. It's just you know his love an, interest that's takes an over to the algebra homework. I enjoyed algebra actually. The uh, his love interest kind of takes over the whole thing. And, oh, classic. Um, 
Who even and cares? Here's the thing: is he's uh, he's an openly gay character, and if you want to write an openly gay character, like be my guest. I'm not the one writing the book. But my thing is, I feel like, you know, I'm straight, so I don't really have a, a stick in the game, I guess. But I no feel I feel frustrated for the gay community when people by trying to obviously wanting to be inclusive. I feel like they force gay romance instead of just, you know, I don't know. I guess there's not really a way to know that someone's gay in a book besides talking about it. But I feel like they they almost force, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can read a whole book where there's no love interest at all whatsoever. And if a character happens to be gay, it doesn't make a lick of difference to me. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't, I'm not, I don't care either way. So I feel like they spent so much time talking about Sinjir's love interest and how it was all going to work and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, guys, this is life or death. Like it works out if it works out, but I guarantee you if you're like at the edge of known space and you're like gasping for breath and there's a bomb going off next to you and there's Wookiees ripping people's arms off, you're not going to be worried about if you and the guy that you're in love with are going to get married when you get back to wherever you're from, like you're going to be worrying about not dying. Um, this book's okay at best. So that you can get married when you get back. Yeah, whatever. Um, the character was cool. I feel like they just tried to force romance for the sake of forcing romance. Um, and I feel like it did the character a disservice. And what I'm saying is I feel like if I was a member of the gay community, I would be frustrated that we're painted into a corner where it's like, mm. okay, well, this gay person, we got to really talk about their love life. Some people are, what if there's like a, what if there's gay people out there that they don't really care to be in a relationship at this point in life? You know, what about those folks? Um, we'll get to them. The book's not great. The series is okay. And the whole thing is there's a character. I can't remember his name, but there's a what character from a guy whose last name is the worst font in Microsoft word. Chuck <laughs> Winding. <laughs> Chuck Windig. Um, can't even read that stuff. He's also become very, uh, he's a very polarizing character as well. I don't know anything about him. I just like finding funny names. Okay, like Ray Sloan is a cool character. She's in there. Um, oh, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is the is the most important thing to come out of that whole trilogy, honestly. In the uh, the depressing story arc about Jar Jar, which I loved. Yeah, you know what? I would say that Chuck Wendig did a great job with the little spinoff stories, but I feel like. I think that it's not that he's a bad writer because the parts, the little niche uh, stories, the mm-hmm. um, interludes, mm-hmm. those are really good. You know what I feel like it is? I feel like he wanted to write a powerful story and he was given nothing to work with because you can't really – you. in all honesty, you can't really write anything of substance that paints a picture for what might happen in the future because everything's so secretive. Like they were riding the Rise of Skywalker right. while they're filming the Rise right, of Skywalker. Right, right, right. So I'm sure that he was like, I'm going to put this really mysterious character in here that might end up being Snoke. Right. And it just, it never panned out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he wrote Cobb Vanth, who was a really cool character. So we got to give him credit. I just don't think this book belongs on the list. Number two, Thrawn. This book belongs on this list and roughly in this position. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And then number one. Which makes total sense. It had to be. Is heir to the Empire. I would like to point out how Tim Zahn, his work is at the top. Bam, bam. Yeah. Bam, Um, bam. 
Heir to the Empire. It says Heir to the Empire is really where it all started. Considered one of the uh, definitive Legends books and kicking off the famous Zon Thrawn trilogy. That's fun to say. This is where the character Francisco. first rose to Republic consciousness. The writing here. Did you created say Republic? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Public. I was in Star Wars mode. Public mm-hmm. consciousness. Uh, the New Republic's consciousness, he was also brought to in this book. The writing here created a character that was unlike anything seen in Star Wars before or since, I would like to say. The power of Heir of the Empire created a legacy that's still going on today as Thrawn made his impact on the expanded universe and indeed the Empire in a massive way. All right. Now, be- now to the better list. All right. Let's get, to da- let's get down to business, as it were. To defeat the Huns. The Huns. Sorry, I was off beat. All right, this is the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast top 10 Star Wars novels of all time. Number 10. <laughs> Get right down to it. Uh, number 10, Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp. Get excited to see a good list if you enjoy just crazy force action. Yeah. That's, that's I'd say, 90% of the deciding information in my particulars in the list yeah so what we're going to try not to do is give any spoilers because if you're looking for your next star wars book we want to be able to help you with that also um if you just want to know more about palpatine you want to see more palpatine because the truth be told in the films you don't see him use a lot of power you don't really know his extent he's i think on purpose kind of a uh there's like a mystique about him and i think part of his power as a character is just how much mystery there is surrounding him yeah um, but if you would like to see those boundaries get pushed a little bit, mm-hmm. this is an excellent novel for exploring <clears throat> the life of Palpatine as emperor. Right. Well, even as... Uh, and, as an emperor and as Vader's master. Right. I feel like those I, lines I would are say even well. as the emperor, he does such a good job keeping his guard up. Exactly. And there are moments where you get to be a little bit behind the curtain in this one. Yeah. Um, if you were so, Vader, I would say, see the man behind the mask, but he only wears a hood, so... <laughs> see the man under the hood. Under the black hood, not red hood. The man behind the yellow teeth. Exactly. The man behind that wrinkled mask. <laughs> he's just, he's a, an absolute madman. And there's cool tie-ins to, um, to characters like in Rebels. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the the Twi'lek pilot. Hera? Hera. Her dad is mentioned in this because it's the rebellion on Ryloth. Yes. Cham Syndulla. Correct. All right. That's number 10. There's some great some Vader great action as well. There's, this it's is a, it, canon. Yeah, it's it's a great written story for like political intrigue within the Star Wars universe. Uh, there's a little bit of um, like imperial hierarchy kind of like vying for position sort of thing. But then it's also, I think, for the most part, a novel, you're either going to get one or the other. You're going to get the good Correct. political stuff or you're going to get great force stuff. Now, I think this is, a, it walks that line. Yeah, it really does. Um, it's kind of like, prequels political stuff with clone wars action yeah it's i, a I agree it's, it's a great it's a very well balanced before we go any further i would like to ask you samuel if there are any books that you would have put on the list that josiah has not read because the idea behind the list was we both agreed mm-hmm. let's not do my 10 your 10 it's gonna take forever right let's do 10 we both agree on and there were some books that he said what about this and i was like eh, not on my list there were some books that i said that he said nah not on my list so what are some books that either you would have put on here that we didn't agree on or only you have read uh i feel like our list is pretty solid i feel like it's a pretty solid top 10 in general mm-hmm um, are there any that you've read that I haven't gotten to that you there's some that you're like, man, you've got to get here. Most of them I just assume that you've read, so I don't know which ones you haven't read. Okay. So you're just 
This this would be your list if you had a top ten. Yeah, pretty close to it. Okay, pretty close to it. I'll give you a couple of mine. I know uh, you, a lot of yours are going to come from the Legacy of the Force series. Well, that's the hard thing is that the Legacy of the Force is my favorite series, right? But I don't think there's necessarily. I, I think that um, the book Sacrifice is a very, 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 very good book. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Okay. I don't want another sacrifice. But you're so skinny. Um, I would say the book Kenobi mm. by John Jackson Miller would definitely make the list. Uh, that one surprises me that you haven't read or listened yeah, to. He's my favorite, he's character, favorite character, and I just i I don't know what's wrong with me. John Jackson Miller, who also writes um, the book A New Dawn, which is kind of a prequel to Rebels, which is I very think good. I'm scared. I think I've just been scared because I didn't want it to. to you will not be disappointed. I, I was it's just a, a very Plagueis approach to Obi Wan Kenobi. I was so involved with the idea of Revan and so disappointed by it. I'm always nervous to read a book about a character i really like no does that make sense yes you will not be disappointed okay um it's it's him and the force and worrying about what do we need the past it's how do you um it's crazy how awkward he is as a person talking to people who are not fighting for their life or a part of the jedi (laughs) Um, and I mean, then it would Tuscans make an appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And if you listen to it, it's read by um, it's read by uh, Jonathan Davis, mm. second favorite. Yeah, second favorite audible reader. So number ten, Lords of the Sith. Number nine, also by Paul S. Kemp, making a strong start. Paul, yeah, Deceived. Who's most popular now? Paul. Uh, this is a book that is all about the Old Republic's um, beginning of, or not beginning, but continuation of the war between the Old Republic and, and the, the Sith, Sith Empire. Empire. And uh, Fantastic book. Really, really good book. If you have played the Old Republic MMORPG, this is the book that tells the story of Darth Malgus, who is in that awesome, awesome uh, 3D... Um, that trailer. action sequence it's yeah. so good yeah um, so that trailer is like basically the opening couple of bits it's it's literally just the movie version that whole fight is talked mm-hmm. is illustrated in the book yeah uh so long story short uh if you love if you love the dark side or yeah. just thinking about the dark side this is a great book the for sith you. empire and the old republic are at odds they're at war and there's going to be a treaty and of course, Sith being Sith, they're like, but what if while we're meeting about the treaty, we didn't do treaty things? Um, and it kind of goes from there. Uh, I think Darth Malgus, who is the character who's on the cover of this book uh, by Paul S. Kemp, is one of the greatest Sith of all time just because of his... Um, he has a rare commitment specifically to the dark side when the dark we're talking side about itself. Sith Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... He is one of my favorite Sith just because of how he looks and his sheer size. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Massive. talks about in the book that he's whatever they use always use meters and crap, and he's I'm American, but seven he's seven foot, foot two. two. Um, so imagine the height of Chewbacca, but a bald, angry man mm-hmm. with a lightsaber, just a huge human being. Um, and here's the thing: is it's is exactly as you say. I think Palpatine had a very very strong commitment to the dark side, be it a strong commitment to power. Mm-hmm. And Malgus maybe has the purest commitment just to the dark side. Uh, I think Bane is way, way up there. I think I think that Malgus 
wanted to be what Bane became. Mm-hmm. I think he just didn't have the... He wasn't as smart as Bane, and I don't think he was overall as powerful as Bane. Yeah. I think that also he... Uh, I think the timing of it all was much more right. uh, perfect for Bane to, to do what he did. Uh, but again, this is not a book review. It's just us giving our thoughts. So this is one of our top 10. If you're a Sith enthusiast or if you're... You know what? I would say this. I think that the canon books have a certain feel mm-hmm. and every once in a while Tim Zahn does something that's a little bit different, but a lot of times the books nowadays feel very much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, this will not feel that way. If you yeah. want to get back and read that book, it's also um, kind of a very intimate look of what it means to commit to the dark side. You see that journey take place. A yeah. Lot. It'll cost you everything. All right. Um, staying in the old Republic, obviously there's a theme going on here. We're fans <laughs> of the dark side. <laughs> this is number eight fatal Alliance by Sean Williams. Uh, this is a really interesting book yes. in what it balances. Um, I like this book because, um, there's a lot of times that an author goes into star Wars and they say, we've got to have everything happen on a freaking galactic scale. And it's right. going to be all good versus all evil. It's the last the last battle by C.S. Lewis, but every book ever. <laughs> um, and this book is kind of a, it finds a way to have a galactic impact. Have you know? It's one of those things where it would have completely right. changed everything in the known galaxy if certain things can't be prevented. Mm-hmm. But it's a perfect. It's it's both. It's yeah. It's and both and neither. It's great because it's such it's it's successful in a way that's very rare and that it has like five or six main characters and they're all built up very well yeah yeah there's multiple storylines happening at the same time that are all kind of interconnected and you care about all of them yeah yeah it's Uh, because normally if when it's like that it and i feel like it's like this with everybody but i know for me specifically that if there's a book that has like multiple storylines i care about one of them and i'm like working to get through the other storylines i don't feel that way with this book at all right like uh no spoilers because it's still kind of new but we saw godzilla versus kong recently Mm -hmm. and there are two or three things happening at a time and me and you both every time they would go back to a specific storyline that was going on we were like just go back just go back yeah but yeah i care about every single thing that's going on in here absolutely some very cool sith stuff some Mm -hmm. very cool jedi stuff some very cool mandalorian stuff and it's one of those things it's like usually if there is a um if there's a commitment to the dark side or the light side as the main character it kind of is assumed by the author and the dark side's talked about a certain way and the light side's talked about a certain way right and i feel like the dark side and the light side and the neutral individuals are all kind of approached from the viewpoint of those individuals. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's just a very pure approach to all the way the characters are made. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for instance, um, when the, when the force awakens came out Mm -hmm. and Kylo Ren says that he feels the call of the light Mm -hmm. and he's talking to his granddad's helmet and he's saying, Remind me of the power of the darkness. Mm-hmm. We had never heard that storyline before, especially in movies. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, this is different. A guy that is naturally called towards the light, for whatever reason, he strives towards the darkness, which is like the opposite of every typical thing. Right. So this book has a lot of, not that same exact thing, but it has a lot of every character there, and there their is a view lot of, of the, the grass is greener. Yeah. You know, kind of. Except it, for this guy. The it, grass is dead everywhere and he doesn't care. 
and he's ever, a he's a bad mamma jamma for you say it. Kratos? Yeah, Kratos. You ever notice how his mask right there kind of looks like Vader with his helmet off? Yeah, I could see that. I've um, never seen uh, an image that I can examine this well, so I've never had that thought. Yeah, but this now is that a you great that point. This is a great, great, great book. I remember um, not this past March, but a year ago, March. It was me and Macy's anniversary, and we went on a cruise, and I took this book, and so. I can remember sitting by the pool and just being like, now this is heaven. I want to cruise. I spent the 75 bucks to get unlimited sodas. And I'm going to read this. And book. I'm going to get my money's worth by God. Oh yeah. They lose money on me when I get the soda package. Um, very, very good book. It's a fun book. It's a fun read. Mm-hmm. And if I, um, <clears throat> there's a part of the storyline in the book, last shot by Daniel Jose older, that you're thinking, okay, because such and such doesn't happen, it's no big deal, but it does feel like this could affect everything if something happens. Right. That's kind of what happens right. here. It's a very cool... It feels like everything is writing on everybody all the time. Yeah. It's a very high-stress book, but it's very good. Yeah. Very and it's involved. kind of long, which I, I like that I prefer it's not too short. Books. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus Heights. All right. That's... Uh, what is that? Seven? Uh, yeah, Here we go, number nine. six. Hold on. That was three. That was so ten, nine, eight. So this is number seven. Oh, ten, nine, eight. Here we go, seven. Uh, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Love it. Um, again, Love about this is it. not a review, so we're not going to do anything crazy or give any spoilers. We've five talked stars. about it before. It's an amazing, amazing stars. book. Um, you're finding out much more about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and their relationship mm-hmm. and also um, other relationships that kind of help frame Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's relationship. Um, really some really cool stuff. Uh, it's, it's beautifully written. The character development is phenomenal. The relationships are complicated but believable. Yep. Um, it's a cool look at the light side for the light side's sake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With characters that are committed to it, not because of what it offers or mm-hmm. um, it. You know what I mean? It's. It feels like whenever there's a main character, there's always kind of like that underlying pull to the dark side. That yeah. That's like a constant temptation. But I feel like this is a very pure take on what it means to be a committed Jedi. Um, yeah, I think the cool thing about this one is not the typical, I, I want to be a Jedi, but I feel this power within me to be dark. Right. It's just struggling to be a better man, struggling to be a right. better person. Yeah. And what that means for the life of a and young And what Jedi. that means, like what it means to be that person around people that need you to be that person. Right. Very good book. And I would say this is not on the list, um, but if you want to read two books back to back that kind of feel like they go together a little mm-hmm. bit. This one in Dooku, Dooku Jedi Lost. Absolutely. And it's really cool because that is actually Dooku Jedi Lost and the new Dr. Aphra um, are actually audio dramas with full cast built specifically for Audible, but they also released the novelization of both of them. So it's kind of like reading yeah, Harry Potter and yeah, the First Child. Exactly it's kind of a script. Yeah. I still it, need it to goes, get that Dr. It goes Aphra. by really quickly for yeah. that. So this one's really good. This was seven. Mm-hmm. Number six. Woo! This is a good one, folks. Getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Yeah. Okay, so um, let me tell you a little bit about me and Samuel and how we care very much for the details. Um, <laughs> if you are like, uh, okay, for instance, if you want like nonstop action, this is where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Fatal Alliance is like 
just hurry up and go. There is character development, but there's so much going on. It's kind of like trial by fire for everyone. Even in the low moments, it's yeah, pretty high stress. Yeah. It's like to take a load off, they went to the gym and sparred for six hours. Blood was everywhere. Like it's just even the lows are on, are, are highest for the rest yeah. of us. Are You know, the most stressful part of any one of our days is like, thank God we got a break in this book. Right. Um, Tarkin is it's – a, it's a story. It's a – uh, it's a coming of age story for one of the <laughs> galaxy's most brilliant, most right. feared men. And Tarkin is that character that never got enough love, even to this point right. in Clone Wars or Rebels. And I, I am very excited to see him coming up in Bad Batch. I hope he doesn't get done dirty. You know what I mean? Because they... They tried to take a great villain in Thrawn and put him into Rebels, and I feel like it was just undercooked a little bit. I feel like his his greatness wasn't really put on display. Right. Well, it's hard because... Well, it's hard because he's the antagonist, and you can't make him too great. Right. You know what I mean? But at the same Which time... Which should have. His strength and indomitability, like mm-hmm. the fact that he just cannot be beaten, I feel mm-hmm. like that was really thrown out the window for the sake of having like a kitty, we're not going to do a three-episode story arc type story. Yeah. And I don't feel like he's that kind of character. Yeah, Rebels definitely gets way, way better. Season one is very, very kitty, mm-hmm. And then two gets better, three gets better, four gets better. Right. Well, and um, it's like I, I have these harsh opinions, and I always feel like I have to explain myself that I still love Star Wars and all the media, but, you know, there's some things that obviously yeah. like any fan would have. No, I totally agree. Here's the thing. Uh, Clone Wars comes before Rebels, mm-hmm. right? So you watch Clone Wars and you see some of your favorite characters die in like mm-hmm. these terrible ways. And it's like very emotionally heart-wrenching. And then you're like, man, all right, well, I'm going to take a bath and then I'll start mm-hmm. Rebels, you know? And you're crying in the shower, you know, sobbing uncontrollably about different people's dying and Rebels in the Clone is Wars. Like, uh, and then get Rebels is like, ready to never watch anybody die ever again. Yeah, it's just, it's, and it gets, obviously, it does get better over time. Like there's, there's really cool stuff like the world between worlds, or you finally get to see the final showdown between Kenobi and Maul. You yeah. Know I mean, there's great stuff there's in there. There's some great things, but I feel like Thrawn... They did a good job of Thrawn loses because people under him can't keep their head, but it still made me mad. Yeah. Mainly because, especially in the novels, they talk about how much control Thrawn has over all the people under his command, mainly because they're so incredibly loyal to him and he does such a good job of cultivating good people. Right, 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 right. Um, anyway, back to Tarkin, though. Yes, so uh, it's the description that I've read, which when Tarkin was coming out, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool was it said Tarkin gets the Plagueis treatment. Mm. Uh, Cause it's an in-depth look by James Lucino Lucino. I'm sorry. I'm one of those is wrong. Um, but it's basically looking at um, who will have Tarkin is how he became this man. What were his roots? What brought him about? Um, it's a very cool, he, for being so aristocratic and very like, oh, well, if that's what you think, like mm-hmm. with that proper accent, you know. Yeah, he is um, polished on the surface, but he is a bad, bad man. Yeah, he is, he's kind of like king of the savages, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he comes from a barbaric, like, war-torn, not a wasteland, but like a barren place that's mm-hmm. like, you either survive or you die by the age of four. Figure it out, you right. know? It, it was very Spartan. Yeah, it was very much, it's kind of... It was of, literally that the people in his family were willing to let him die if he wasn't strong enough to survive. Right, right. 
the way he grows up is how the Mandalorians grew up in the old school comics and mm-hmm. stuff before everybody started adopting everybody. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's literally like it was in Sparta. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you, you come back, you go out and you die or there's, you come back. Yeah. And I love it whenever there's like a trial by fire, like has to defeat a space tiger in battle. Well, and stuff there's like that. no net. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just walking the tightrope. If you fall, you fall. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really cool to see, um, it's cool to see him and Vader interact. It's mm-hmm. very cool to see their respect. And it really makes that scene where Vader's choking uh, General Tag mm-hmm. on the Death Star. And Tarkin comes in and says, release him. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch that, you're like, okay, who the freak are you, bro? Shut mm-hmm. up. This is Darth Vader. Um, but it makes that relationship make sense. Right. Because the respect is so heavy there. Well, and not only... I mean, it's. I think it's impressive to earn Vader's respect, certainly, but... It is unthinkable to me to earn Palpatine's respect, especially yeah. just being a regular person. And here's the thing. Tarkin does not have his, uh, he doesn't have his, oh yeah, <laughs> very good. And mm-hmm. then as soon as the guy turns around, he goes, oh, piece of crap. It's right. not that respect. It's not, it's not surface level. Mm-hmm. It's not, he's not bullcrapping. Senator slash Chancellor slash Emperor Palpatine respects to his core mm-hmm. will have Tarkin. Yeah. And this book tells you why. Yeah. It's just nothing abs- has, absolutely nothing phenomenal. else needs to be said. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up on the list, light of the Jedi. I like how it was I unplanned five on our list, five on their list. Yeah. So there's a little bit of overlap. They got something right. They got, I would say a lot of their list is correct. We just didn't agree with the rankings. Right. But there were some things that we did not agree on. Um, but yeah, this book is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think it may be my favorite book to come out under canon. Okay. Um, and I think we've talked about it a lot, but I just love what it does for the concept of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it taps into the things that if you sit up late at night and you think about, why doesn't a Jedi do this? Yeah. This kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it also introduces some really cool dynamics of, um, idealism within the jedi and what it takes to make a strong jedi order and at the same time introducing conceptually new heroes and villains right um i would also like to say shout out to into the dark mm-hmm. that was a very good book by claudia gray yeah um but yeah light of the jedi was fantastic and i get that the funner thing to watch is dark side mm-hmm. the funner thing to read is dark side because there's no holds good. barred and Cathartic. it's like you know what I'm going to do? Shock this person to death. You know what I'm going to do? Just, I'm just going to eat this planet. Yeah. Um, so things like that are fun. This is probably the greatest representation of the light side that we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Certainly the greatest representation of the light side we've had since um, Luke Skywalker from Legends. Yeah. Absolutely. And so uh, it's fresh on the brain. It's really good. And, and it's interesting um, because this book is so intimate, but it feels so big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just feels massive. The setup is very cool. Um, you know, the great disaster and five minutes, the great disaster, 12 hours after the great disaster. It's just a very cool Mm -hmm. thing. Um, the Nihil seem like a really, not that big of a deal, uh, threat. You realize what a big deal of a threat they are. But towards the end of the book, there are things going for them that are a very, very big deal. And not to mention the drain gear. And if those two joint forces were really screwed. All right. Next Darth Plagueis. Hmm. 
I'm going to let you open up on this one because this I is, I just this is like, kind of your baby. I feel like this novel is just my happy place, man. Yeah. I love this book. I, from start to finish, it's just an excellent exploration of the dark side, um, especially into things that I think conceptually changed Star Wars quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this is the most in-depth look we have into the idea of midi-chlorians and um, what that means as far as how it influences the way that force power happens or what it means to... I mean, I, I remember you and I had a conversation for like two or three hours about the implications of uh, the midi-chlorians that are laid out in Plagueis as far as what <laughs> it means to be able to do an essence transfer. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I love it. I like getting to see Palpatine at a young age because while this book is titled Plagueis, I think it's about 50% Plagueis, 50% Palpatine. Yeah. Um, and you just get to see a, a great mental look into Palpatine that I think you don't get anywhere else. Um, as well as him kind of balancing senatorial duties with also being, you know, the second most powerful being in the galaxy. Right. Uh, well, I, the cool it's, thing it's about just a fantastic book. Yeah. The cool thing about this one is, um, one of the things that I see a lot online, we've talked about this a little bit more already, but people will say, is anybody else really struggling to get through Plagueis? And I'm like, what? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, that book flies by every time I read it. Yeah. Here's the thing about Plagueis is that uh, you've got to open up your mind to he's not, he's going to do some cool force stuff, but it's the concept of he's like the Thomas Edison of Sith. He's mm-hmm. like, what can I do? Um, how can the force work more for me? Well, I just, what can yeah. I do to achieve eternity? Well, he's constantly just making new exploration. Yeah. Like he's literally finding things out about the force for the first time ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, th- that's the I thing just, is you can't beat that conceptually for me. Yeah. It's pure science of the dark side. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I think as I'm thinking about it while we're recording, it's making sense to me that one of the reasons that we both enjoy this style is because we both love to learn, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're working on your freaking masters in theology. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a huge deal. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I'm working at, you know, I'm working at a church. I'm doing like multiple jobs. And so it requires me to have a hunger to learn mm-hmm. not just biblical things, but just um, I've got to talk. I got to figure out how to talk to different people, different ways when I'm doing different counseling. I've got to figure out, you know, there, there's never, uh, I'm never done learning right. to and do when I, I when I need to do best. Honestly, I don't think anybody in life should ever be done learning. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I think that we both naturally also, I guess the point I was trying to make that I kind of got away from was we both have a desire to continue to learn though. Like it's right. it's necessary for what for the for the jobs and careers we want to have, but we also have uh, just a uh, a desire to know more about a bunch of things. Yeah. You know, yours is a little bit more niche a lot of times, but mine I'll be like you know what I want to know about? Like, like today I texted you and I said, hey, so what do you know about Ursa Major? Because <laughs> the bear? I saw a cool Marvel character that's a bear. And you know what I'm going to do before this week's over? I'm going to probably be a freaking, uh, I'm going to be a, a an expert at Ursa Major just because. I'm just going to let you know, uh, contrary to his name, he's a very Ursa Minor character. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of, uh, I have a collector's mentality when it comes to like, 
everything that I do. Like I like to play disc golf, so I have way too many discs. There's I'm just never gonna play with that many discs. I, I love to read, so I have way too many books. I love action mm-hmm. figures, I have way too many action figures. Um so when it comes to knowledge of the force, books like this, I eat them up because it's like yeah. you know, it's the same thing with Light of the type. Jedi. Right. Where it's like, why isn't a Jedi ever just gonna use and you'll see a lot of that in the Legacy of the Force series mm-hmm. where it's like um to defeat someone in battle, Luke needs to figure out how to remove his aura from the force at right. large because he needs to go into hiding. Things like, you know, just random crap right. like that. And so Plagueis has that. Pull a, it has that. Pull a dad and sit on my own leg. It has that that knowledge that you're gaining about the, right. f- about the force and the dark side. All right, top three. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, you had to see it. It belongs here. Yeah. What else do you want from me? This book's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the re-entry... This is the Tarkin novel of Thrawn. Yeah. The re-entry of Thrawn into the canon. Um, the first novel. Uh, it's... I It's it. great. It's his... It's his upbringing mm-hmm. from, from no one to someone in the Imperial mm-hmm. military. Mm-hmm. It's the... He's so good at his job that they have to promote him even though they hate, they hate his guts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I think the I humility, love the most... I think I love the most about this is that the fact that once you read it, once you can skip Arenda's story <laughs> is that they took this character that I love from legends yeah, and they reintroduced him and I still loved him maybe even more. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's absolutely, it's the it character. Surgical. It's it the character brilliant. that you know from the past in the comic book and they put him in a movie and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, dead comet. Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't going to be as good as I hoped. Yep. Tim's on. Wizard. It was as good. Wizard. It was as good as we hoped. Um, I really can't. I could talk about and it. And if it wasn't for this say book, same thing over and over again. If it though. wasn't for this book and the audio from this book, we wouldn't have your Orinda. Orinda. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the beauty is now that we've you know it's kind of like when you're watching your favorite TV show and you're mm-hmm. like I don't care about this scene. Right. So now you can skip and you can really listen to the whole story in six hours. Right. Um, yeah, but it's I would a, literally just skip chapters. Yeah, it's a great story Thrawn. and a great villain mm-hmm. against Thrawn. Yeah, um, and Tim, I know it's not your fault. I know you had to include Governor Price because of I, it was Rebels' fault, and I recognize that it's not you. You're beautiful, and I love everything you do. Yeah, and I w- I would also say that when it comes to some of these in the final, you know, three or four or five books, mm-hmm. there are other books that we think are as good or better than some of the books that are on the list, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to include three books from the same series on the list. Right. Otherwise, we'd have uh, the two Thrawn trilogies <laughs> and Darth Bane Path of Destruction and Thrawn Chaos Rising, and that would be our list. <laughs> but Thrawn by Timothy Zahn is an amazing introduction to the character. Absolutely. I love that when someone says, I want to know more about Thrawn. Who's the blue guy from your podcast? I have an internal struggle saying, you need to read the Heir to the Empire trilogy. My first response is always, glad you asked. How much time do you have? Yeah. I I love that, um, you know, know, okay. Either you're welcome or I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got so much to tell you. Well, the thing is that there's, um, okay, like for instance, I'm never not going to get crap from people about how Boba Fett fell into the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. And so, and I get that. And that's the life of a Boba Fett fan. Mm-hmm. But with Thrawn, there is no book that I go, well, you can probably skip that one. Mm-hmm. 
they're all great. All it does not exist. I love them all. It doesn't exist. And once you read Outbound Flight, we'll do Frickin this list Jocasta, again. That haughty sob. <laughs> once you read Outbound so Flight, we'll redo the her we'll records. redo the list so that Outbound Flight Man, can be in your she top was ten. Wrong. Okay, we're at number two. Mm-hmm. What did you think surprise. was going to happen? Yeah. What is it? Come on. Uh, okay, so two is really like one B. Like it could literally be one, <laughs> one, and then three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heir to the Empire. Um, I don't like that this. throne is such a small. I hate it. Everything about it. Also, he should be here because nobody gives an f about this guy at this point. Jerusalem. He is so unimportant in this story, and he is everything. You know what I think it is? I think part of it is almost like a sneak peek of like, wow, look at this crazy guy that's shooting stuff out of his fingers. And then when you read it, you see what I'm saying? I think it's very much a Timzon tactic. To be like, well, then oh, why not make Chewbacca here? bigger? I don't know, because they already know who Chewie is. Yeah, we already know I that those more. those bigots hated on Chewie until <laughs> freaking like two thousand and three. This guy's such a thug. Look how low his his little pouch is. Yeah, he's sagging. Yeah. So, okay, uh, when Air of the Empire came out, then there was a twentieth anniversary edition. Some of you guys have heard me say this before, but I was at Barnes and Noble and I was like, I don't know what this is, but it looks famous mm-hmm. and it looks important. So I got the twentieth anniversary edition. It's this big silver gleaming cover that says Air of the Empire twentieth yeah, anniversary looks, edition. Looks like a super Star sick. Wars door. Yeah, with exactly. An seal on it. Um, so I got it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to look online and see what people think about this. Maybe it's just a big book, but nobody really cares about it. And everybody cares about it. Yeah. Everybody was like, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, man, I was very intimidated. So I had the book for years and mm-hmm. never read it. And then That's I want to say, I want to say, see, and yeah. this is how you're going to feel when you're done. I know. I, I'm saving it. I found uh, the paperback because I was like, I'm intimidated of this big silver book. So I found the paperback and I was like, okay, I'm going to just read this. Mm-hmm. And I read it in a day. It's it's like okay. It was so good, dude. I remember I was substitute teaching at a school <laughs> and I was like, You guys wanna watch a movie? And I would turn on a movie and I would be like, All right, nobody bug me and I would just read this book. because uh, it was so good. Right. And here's the thing is that it took a new character, an absolutely brilliant character, smashed it out of the park, and also introduced him into a scenario where you have the three most beloved characters, four if you count Chewbacca and all right. of Star Wars. Right. And you you want to see what they're doing, and at the same time, you're more interested in who this new guy is. Yeah. Like every time I introduce exactly. somebody to the heir of the Empire, they're like, I really like seeing Han and Leia and, and Luke, but all I want is more Thrawn. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's beautiful because, yeah, imagine The Mandalorian Season 3 comes out. Mm-hmm. And there's a character in the season, and you go... And you're like, okay, enough of the Mando yep. and the child. I was about to say, Baby Yoda's pretty cute, but... What's more, going on with this character? More, more. Yeah, that's who Thrawn is. Yeah. Um, and he does it everywhere he goes. Imagine a character that could make you forget about Grogu. And and that's what we had with Heir to the Empire in the introduction of yeah. Thrawn. Um, the trilogy, obviously, is the greatest Star Wars trilogy uh, when it comes to just the power that it has, the... Uh, importance to Star Wars overall. Mm. Um, and so this is not really number two. It's like a tie for one, mm-hmm. honestly. But this is the one that we just keep coming back to. And the other first place. The other first place. Tied. Same level at the Olympics. <laughs> you know, the little freaking yeah, tears yeah, the or whatever. 
Mm. What did you think was going to happen? Look Darth on. Bane, Path of Destruction, a novel of the Old Republic by Maybe Drew the greatest Carpenter. being to have ever lived in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, maybe. Um, He's so important to my life. Oh, my goodness. So important. Uh, tell me what Darth Bane, Path of Destruction means to you as a Star Wars fan. Um, I think it was just... I Actually, I think Plagueis was the first Star Wars book I ever read. Uh-huh. And um, I loved everything about it, and I read it so fast, and I read this book even faster. Yeah. it uh, It's just absolutely phenomenal. And I've talked about this before, but I think my favorite thing about this is that there is no competing story arc, which for some people would be kind of a turnoff. Um, I mean, there are other things going on, but this book is all about Bane. And when I have a character I love, I could not care less about the other characters. Like, yeah. I want the character that I like. Yep. And um, look at that guy. Yeah, just absolutely phenomenal. And I, I just love the commitment of the character. In a way, I relate to the commitment of the character because it's like when I'm into something, it's like I don't mm-hmm. half commit. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's so many non committal characters and really any fandom. Um, and just to see somebody committing to something for the sake of committing to something. Right. You know, and just going all the well, way. Well, also the fact that um, I think that he's written as such an interesting character in the fact that he uh, he obviously is so powerful mm-hmm. and has such a tragic upbringing and has such a tragic story, doesn't understand the power that he has, mm-hmm. and then when he finally comes to, gra- uh, to, comes to grips with it and kind of has a grasp on it, mm-hmm. Uh, things start to fall apart. It's just, it's, it's I don't a know. really compelling story. It's like you constantly level up and there's still a struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like you get the satisfaction of having this super OP character without the cop out of having a super OP character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. Because like, uh, imagine, okay. So for instance, like nobody can really beat the Hulk. There's like, there's characters that can beat him, but it's like, 99% of the time, the Hulk's going to win because he's just going to... You can't really beat him up, you right. know? You'd have to do the whole, like, you know... He says things in the movies like, I tried to kill myself, and he spit out the bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the Hulk just takes over, and he's kind of hard to, you know... He's hard to beat. But um, there's the part of the story that's so compelling that's almost distracting for me when I'm watching the movies... And Hulk is intimidated by Thanos, mm-hmm. and he and Bruce Banner can't get the Hulk to come out. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, okay, who gives a crap what else is going on? Tell me more about Bruce Banner and why he can't get the Hulk to come out. Mm-hmm. I thought the Hulk could do anything. Um, it's There's parts of the story of Darth Bane that that's in there, mm-hmm. where it's like, hang on, there's a whole dragon inside of you. Right. What's the deal? Why can't you? Why? What's the... And it's such a compelling and interesting and really un, unwritten side of things mm-hmm. well and i think it's that he also wants to continue to go but right. he can't figure out why he can't and i think it's the excitement of even though there's so much left to explore in star wars even with everything that's been written and thought about um i think it's just finding the new world almost you know what i mean right as far as what his contribution is to the dark side and to the way that things are even just the way that things are and you know the main storyline you know what? Why just one master? Why just one apprentice? You know what I mean? Why right. sacrifice this all-powerful army for you know just two people? You know what's the benefit, and why does that work better? You know what I mean? It's just 
I think the dynamic is explored really, really well. I love the character. I love the way he's written. I love, I just love everything about this book. It's a great book. It's a great story. And I think that it's, I don't think it it would be near impossible um, to have a story that is that compelling. Uh, Let's see. Sorry. I'm trying to throw these up here together. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So here's, I mean, really it's a tie for our top two, if you really think about it. Um, And this is one of the things that's so cool about them bringing both of these out in that trade paperback. Um, I love that it says book one of the Thrawn trilogy, book one of the Darth Bane series. I can't wait to see if they come out with parts two and three Mm -hmm. in that trade. I assume probably not. I would love to get new cover artwork for rule of two. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I love the idea of that. Um but yeah, this is our list. So it's basically a little more business this week, but if yeah. if you wanna But know, that's the thing is that if you're a step into Star if Wars. you're a Star Wars fan and you I know I have a lot of people say, What what book should I read? What mm-hmm. you know, what's my next audiobook? I know our buddy Jared is always like, uh Dude, he, he pumps them out, I guess, because of like his schedule. He's mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'm just reading the books. And so he was like, what's next? Mm-hmm. He's, starting, he's reading Light of the Jedi right now. And he was like, I'm one chapter in and I'm hooked. And I was like, that's Light of the Jedi. Um, but these two books here, man, you can't go wrong. You cannot um, go wrong. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't go you wrong. You could try to go wrong with these books, and you couldn't do it. And you know what's really cool is that there's moments that, um, man, if you haven't read the first Thrawn book, I don't want to say something and spoil something, but... There are moments that happen in those books that I'm like, I know this isn't how the story works now or how the force works now or things like that, mm-hmm. but it's a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. It paints a really cool picture. Yes, 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 yes. Also, shout out to Tim Zahn for bringing hot chocolate into the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Uh, Lando For too brief a stay. Lo, Lando shows Luke an exotic drink, hot chocolate. And, um, and Luke loves it. Luke loves it, and people started giving him flack. And he's Santa like, "Santa loves cocoa." Yeah, gives I, Santa a little buzz. I, <laughs> Whoa! I remember reading an, uh, an article or, or listening to an interview, and he goes at a book signing. Someone came up and said it took him out of the Star Wars universe that I would have Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, drinking hot chocolate. And I said, "Oh, okay," but a Millennium Falcon suits you, <laughs> and they didn't know what to say. And I was like, "If we can have a bird in Star Wars from the real world, I assume we can have hot chocolate." And I was we like, "We have people in Star Wars from the real world. Yeah, the human species." Or, yeah, have you seen the meme where it's episode one? It's like, if we get there, we're going to be sitting ducks. And Qui-Gon looks at him, and the, the meme is like, duck. what the freak is a duck? <laughs> uh, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, it is really funny. But uh, this is our top ten. I'm sure that there's things that we could, oh, I forgot about this book or whatever. But this is a very good ten. If you've read most of these books, read the other ones. Mm. If you don't know where to start, uh, Heir to the Empire trilogy is fantastic. Darth Bane trilogy is Fantastic, and there are books in this list yeah. that they're just one of one. Well, and if you've uh, if you happen to read the all ten of ours, then uh, you know just go ahead and read the tagalongs from the other person's crappier list. <laughs> you know, you can't go wrong. They, there are good books on that list. Yeah, you know what I mean. These are just better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I definitely would say that our top twenty books. I don't think that some of the books from that list would make. Um, but hey, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it. Share it on your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, your 
you know, your family group chat, whatever you need to do. Um, please like this video on YouTube. Please, subscribe. we're desperate. No, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to our channel. Um, if you would leave us a five-star review and a little written review on iTunes, we'll read it out loud uh, I, on yeah, the next I'd episode. I'd like to read another one of those for yeah. the first time in 17 months. It's been a long time, but uh, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I know Samuel appreciates it, mm. and uh, we're going to just keep this thing going, keep pumping out the Star Wars material. We know that uh, Kenobi cast is confirmed, and they've started to film, and actually Ooh. set was leaked. Um, no, don't do that. And Samuel has not seen it. Nope. Uh, I refuse. But there was also a picture of Ewan McGregor Mm-mm. from on set Mm-mm. recently. Stop. Well, it's not from him on set, but it's just a recent photo of him. And uh, he looks great. He looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi. How could he not? And magnificent. Uh, so we're excited. Individual. Bad Batch comes out in May. So there's going to be a lot of content coming up quick here. Mm. And so we're going to be right here for all of it. So thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, the Force will be with you always. And also, the only family you have here is me. We'll see you guys next week.